a Wagzilla Zero G, and it's me, it's me, it's the old SF, SFD. I almost forgot how that goes. It's week three, SOPs. Oh, it's week four. We're back for more, actually. Yeah. Uh, standard operating procedures for your Superflex leagues coming at you hot and heavy. So, Swags, we, uh, we actually have a fairly beefy waiver wire this week kind of first time all season yeah and and not only that i we've got a guy i know that you're not quite as crazy about him uh but i think that this is i think that we have the highest priority that we've had yet this season uh at the running back position coming yeah in. yeah it's it's tough to argue against that to be completely yeah. honest with you because i know who you're talking about and the, the listeners probably know who you're talking about too, and it's Quillil Herbert. Yep. I don't like saying his name. Quill Quillil. 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 Yes. Khalil Herbert, hundred and fifty eight yards, I believe. Hundred and fifty nine yards. Hundred and fifty seven. Um, two touchdowns. Uh yeah, monster game. And I mean, a big part of it was in relief of David Montgomery. But here's the thing to me. This is why I like to me, I'm not even going to entertain a debate. <laughs> I think he's the number one priority. Uh, this is the best offensive performance that they've gotten from any player all season. And, you know, it just because it took getting David Montgomery out of the way doesn't mean that that's always going to be the case. Like at some point you have to say, all right, this is the guy who actually moves the chains for us. This is the guy who, you know, who Justin Fields trusts to dump it off to. This is the guy that, uh, you know, commands seven, eight in the box and, and softens things up downfield for Justin Fields. Like this is all, this is all stuff that, a uh, uh, a coaching staff looks at and says, this is, this is someone we need on the field more often, kind of regardless of who's healthy, who's not healthy. Like the, the offense really kind of needs to run through a guy like this. And so that's, that's kind of my theory. Like even when David Montgomery does come back from this injury, I just think that Khalil Herbert is right now on course to ultimately take over the top job in that Chicago backfield. That's, that's my theory. Yeah, dude, it, it's tough to disagree with any of that. If not all of that, mm -hmm. I want to regress though, back to one thing that you said at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, and I agree. I think David Montgomery probably lost his job to Herbert. If, if not a, the lion's share of it, but yeah. I want to regress back to when you said this is the best offensive performance that this team has had all season through week three. And I agree with you. It is. There's no denying that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it, it could very well be the best offensive performance any player has on this team all season long. And that's <laughs> kind of my problem. And spoiler alert, he's on my sell list because of this. I yeah. do agree with you. I think he's the number one waiver priority, especially in redraft. I think you go out and get him. You have to. 
But I also think he's a sell, especially if you're not using him. If you have him just for this reason, he's a sell not only to the David Montgomery team, but also any other teams that may have lost a running back this weekend. A lot of injuries this weekend. So somebody that might maybe a Swift team or a Dalvin Cook team. There's other teams out there that you can go out there, toy with their emotions a little bit, and I think get out of Herbert at a fair price right now if you want to, especially if you're not using him. But uh, I do agree with you, though. I think he's number one priority. I think that he's earned a role on the team. It's just how good is this team going to be with or without his performance? That's kind of why for the season and where the team's at, I'm fine getting out of Herbert and into a different situation. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's just not a good offense. So, and, yeah. and, and it's, I mean, he upgrades it, but I mean, that's one person, one player out of 11 and it, how, how much of an upgrade is it really from David Montgomery? Yeah. So, so I, I, I think I'm with you. I mean, I do think that you're going to have to be aggressive on waivers if you're going to get Khalil Herbert. Um, and, and so, I mean, I do think that, probably the way to go would be to you know make a move for him and then if you end up with him and you don't you don't have to go quite as aggressive if if you know if you don't intend to actually roster him and use him uh, I don't think you have to be quite as aggressive but I still think you're gonna have to put up a reasonably you know a reasonable number to get him and then you know even even if the goal is to just sell him afterwards after you have him not to pat ourselves on the back but if you were listening to this show and next week this week you probably already have herbert on your team yep that's right so it's almost another another win for standard operating procedures here yes (laughs) yep we had him as uh next week this week uh at the start of the season and then um, had him as a, a lower waiver priority, so you've had several weeks to get him pretty cheap. Yep. And uh, now, you're now it's going to take a big number. It's going to take a big number. What is that? Uh, what does that look like, though? Like, let's let's say that you're actually in earnest trying to get Khalil Herbert on your roster because, like you said, you you know you you had an injury at the running back position. Uh, and you're looking for somebody who you can start right now. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and again, like this looks to be, to me, he looks like uh, we've got a few other names that we're going to talk about for ads, you know, starting running backs who got hurt, their immediate backups are, are largely available. And so there's some, there's definitely some arbitrage opportunity like you could, you can bid a little bit less on Khalil Herbert, knowing that you know Samaje P Ryan is within your reach, pretty easily. Yeah. But I think that a lot of people are going to feel like, you know, we don't know what's going on with Mixon. We don't know for sure if he's, you know, how long he's out. Do we really believe that P Ryan is the feature back, even if Mixon is out? If he's a feature back, what does that really look like? So, you know, for a lot of people, kind of the clean, easy answer here is to just do what you got to do to get Herbert. So what does that look like? 
I think for me it's sitting around fifty to seventy five percent of budget. Maybe of what you have left at this point. It gets mm-hmm. tough, man. I, I we keep having so many ads that feel a little bit important that I wanna leave a little bit of money on the table at this point, especially if I feel like my team is doing pretty good. So I'm probably not going all in on Herbert. Montgomery's day to day. I I do think he misses some time. But I think he's back sooner than later. I, I just don't want to go all in. But I'm comfortable throwing fifty to seventy, seventy five. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Like, do you those like always round? Like, if you're gonna spend, let's say fifty dollars, do you just go to fifty three dollars? Yeah, I do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's usually like fifty one. I yeah. like it's it's usually one dollar more than than the. like the mile marker yeah basically (laughs) but yeah i do that too a little extra change 51 56 yeah (laughs) 76 yeah (laughs) yeah i i mean and and i don't know i have no idea how true this is but like the theory is it's kind of like price is right essentially like the most likely scenario is somebody puts exactly 50 percent. well for an extra dollar you actually get him yeah yep but like people aren't real good at at using like weird numbers, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Multiples of five. That's <laughs> some interesting strategy to throw in here too. But yeah, yeah it sounds like we both do throwing that. an extra buck or two. Yep. Exactly. Um. Yeah. I. I. And I. I think I agree with you on the 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 amount. Uh. To me, like those all in bids. That's reserved for quarterbacks who, you know, in redraft have a chance to start for you all year and in dynasty have a chance to, you know, at least get into your quarterback rotation for the season and have a shot at starting next year. So like, for instance, if Tom Brady were to get hurt, I'm all in on Kyle Trask. I don't believe that he's necessarily going to be the starter in 2023, but you know, just the fact that you get him for the entire season, throwing to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, you know, Russell Gage and possibly Julio Jones for a minute (laughs) in between injuries. Um, You know, you get that, but then you also get it. There's at least some possibility there that you're getting another starting quarterback in 2023. So th- to me, that's where you go all in. I, I, and I had a, I had a tough time with it last year when everyone was going all in on Elijah Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't think you do it for non quarterbacks in Superflex. Yeah. you know, kind of, kind of regardless of the format from there, like regardless of the scoring, I just, I, I just, I don't think that there's, a player or a situation outside of the quarterback position that I would ever go all in on. So, you know, like to me, a heavy, this, a heavy bid for a running back should be around 50, you know, 75 Mm -hmm. at the most. Yeah. Kind of like you said. So like, yeah, like that we've been talking (laughs) the last couple of weeks about all in bids on crappy quarterbacks like Jimmy Garoppolo and Cooper Rush. And, you know, it, 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 
And then here we are saying, yeah, you got to be aggressive, like 50% to get Khalil Herbert. I think that could throw some people off, but yeah, I think that that's a, an important distinction to make. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's talk about the rest of these running backs real quick. Jamal Williams. So Deandre Swift shoulder injury, yep. I believe day to day as well. A lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah. Which he went into the game banged up too. So, you know, as, 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 you know, the, the driver of the hype train for hashtag sparkly, like there's a part of me that would love to see Swift just sit and get healthy. I hear you. <laughs> it, it's funny too. Cause so I think we talked about Jamal Williams after week one, mm-hmm. he, he had a pretty decent performance, got some touches and so Swift, like I'm, I'm in on Swift like you. Like Swift is pretty much, I think, my highest rostered running back. And even when we left that show, I was like, man, I wish I would have pushed back on Jamal Williams a little bit more because I'm really not that interested in him, even with all my Swift shares. Yeah. But here I am now, sitting wishing I had listened to this show <laughs> <laughs> and added You've Jamal Williams then. Yeah, on the cheap, um, because he has gotten usage ever since then. He's he's getting opportunities like some starters on other teams. Other teams, you know, he's not Swift, but he's done well with his opportunities, and now it looks like he's gonna have a chance to start a week or two. So I wish I, yeah. I wish I would have um, listened to the advice <laughs> you were giving, and I was here being a part of (laughs) yeah it is kind of tough because he's not the handcuff you know like we've seen that it's not that he's a swift handcuff and uh that me that kind of leads me to believe that there's some arbitrage with him as well and we'll we'll get to that a little bit later too but i what i would say is at this point beyond montgomery like swift sounds like the most likely to miss any amount of time of the uh, the running backs who were injured. So we also have uh, Samaj P. Ryan for Cincinnati. Joe Mixon goes out with an ankle injury. Uh, and uh, Alexander Madison uh, from Minnesota, because Dalvin Cook goes out with that sh- separated shoulder. That same shoulder just keeps popping out on him, which is absolutely disgusting. Uh, but now, you know, there's... It, it, there's at least a chance and he's played with that harness before. So it's a little bit less likely that he misses time. But if he does, if either of those guys miss time, I think that, you know, there, there's a little bit more, um, you know, hidden upside to Samaj P Ryan and Alexander Madison than Jamal Williams. You know, just because, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know how much Jamal Williams' role really changes if Swift is out. Yeah, I could see that. Like, he picks up some of it, I think, but not, probably not a lot of it. So, so I don't know. Like, but I, do we have to prioritize him still just because, again, he's probably the most likely to get a start in week four? Yeah, I think um, if I'm a Swift team, and I hate to say it like that, but that's probably for me the only reason I'm really interested. 
mm-hmm. unless like I feel like you know you mentioned Mixon, Dalvin Cook. I'm not going to get those other guys, and maybe you need some points in your lineup week four. I think that it's it's more like fifteen to twenty five percent for me on Jamal Williams. Yeah, yeah. The nice <sighs> thing is, one. even when Swift comes back, you've still got a usable guy. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's definitely some reason to go a little bit heavy there. But um, what I would say is I don't know that 25% gets him. Probably not. But I, I think still the same. I think that's just kind of even where I'm at. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think I am too. It's just that, like, the two-touchdown game is just kind of, like, it just attracts yeah. fantasy swift players. Injury. Yeah. It's like moths to a light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it, man, it is a really interesting situation now that you dig into it a little bit more and you just think of historical conversations, not even talking about opportunity or how any of these players have done, speaking of Swift and Jamal. And there is this, like, group that has been waiting for Swift to fail or get injured. And within that same group, there's a lot of Jamal Williams, like super truthers. Like I believe in everything we talk about within Jamal Williams, but I also think we're realistic about it. We're not just like, he's the next RB one. You know what I mean? We're, yeah. but I think there's these truthers behind Jamal Williams as well, where you're probably right. Like he's going to be tough to obtain on waivers this week. Yeah. He's he's gonna go for more fab than we we are willing to spend. He might be the number one priority to some people over yeah. Herbert, even. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what, I I guess the argument there would be Detroit has the far superior offense. You know, like that's the type of offense that you want a piece of right now. Yeah. Chicago is not. So yeah, there there yep. very well could be some people who who prioritized Jamal Williams. Um, and then P Ryan and Madison, I, I'm not super into them. Yeah. I I'll throw I mean, a little it, bit of change at the end of my priority list. If I have the spot. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would, I, I would put some type of, uh, I, I would put something down for Samaje P Ryan, especially if I have Joe Mixon. Uh, because it does seem like he he takes on the majority of that role if Mixon were out. I don't think that with Alexander Madison. We've talked about this before. We talked about uh, early in the you know in the preseason going into the week or into the season. We talked about Ty Chandler and the fact that he was straight up play, out playing Alex Madison in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, I just think that if Dalvin cook were to miss time, which actually is a pretty big question mark at this point, um, seems more and more likely that he plays through it. But if he did, I just think that Ty Chandler is going to be, is going to be heavily involved at least enough to cut into Alexander Madison and make him unstartable. You know, even if he doesn't necessarily, take over the job completely so man madison might actually be a pretty low priority for both of us it sounds like yeah yeah for me is i and i think like 
was somebody like Madison. I think he has enough name buzz to where you could probably try to sell him to the Dalvin Cook team right now. That's really why you have yeah. him. It's so tough sometimes. We get in these situations and and you switch it to like as soon as I can, I'm going to trade him to wow, I want these points in my lineup and and yeah. stick with the first instinct of trade him as soon as you can. Yep. Yep. Especially a situation like that one, I think. Yep. Um, so we do have a quarterback, at least in theory. Uh, so Mac Jones, uh, ankle injury at the very end of the game. And <clears throat> Brian Hoyer is the backup. Um, we don't really have much of, of uh, much information on Mac Jones at this point. We're recording this as usual on a Monday afternoon. Um, Monday night football hasn't even started yet. So, so we're missing a lot of information, but if Matt Jones were to miss, call it a week, is Brian Hoyer going to be a target for you? If like, if you have Matt Jones, are you going to put any kind of fab on Brian Hoyer? Um, I think he's going to be one of those players that, I let you spend on because you're trying to block me. And yeah. uh, a lot of it though. Now I want to, I want to say this two different ways. Like if you don't build your teams, like John and I, first of all, thank you for still listening to this show. Cause I know John is <laughs> huge QBX, but if you don't build your teams, like John and I, I don't really think you need Brian Hoyer. I don't think you're going to start him this week. Yeah. If you build teams like us, if you don't, oh yeah, that's what I was saying. If you don't build teams like us, like, man, I mean, I'm probably like back up around like the Jamal Williams area as far as fab goes, like 50% ish, um, just in case, maybe a little less because Max Jones might still play. But if you do build teams like John and I, and you're like quarterbacks early and often, I don't, I don't think you need to spend anything on Brian Hoyer. Let somebody else do that for you. And yeah, but flip side, he, he knows that offense. He knows what Bill Belichick wants to do. He, he can score you some fantasy points for whatever amount of time Mac Jones is out. If he does miss some time. So you'll get some fantasy points out of Hoyer. Yeah, definitely. That is the benefit though. One of, one of many benefits to QBX is the fact that, you know, again, you went into it with five quarterbacks. You just lost Mac Jones for a week, you know, so you're down to four. Like you still get to make a decision between four quarterbacks. You get to pick which two you're starting, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to looking down the barrel of a week without a quarterback at Superflex, which is, you know, tough. So, yeah, you know, those QBX rosters get to just sit this out and just not even think about Brian Hoyer. But we still brought him up just for those who yeah. <laughs> who don't subscribe to well, quarterback extreme. And I mean there might be some teams though still like you could be that unlucky to where even you might have three or four quarterbacks and mm -hmm. a couple of them might be banged up. They might be Mac Jones and Zach Wilson and you know where I'm going with this. So, yeah, Lance, you might Jack need Brian Prescott. Hoyer even yeah. if you did go heavy at quarterback. Yeah, it's possible. It's definitely possible. Man, at that point, I almost think, though, that I would probably tank. 
if I if I I would feel like the universe has it out for me. Like if I had Trey Lance, Dak Prescott, and Mac Jones all on one roster, and somebody listening does, somebody out there has that, and they're dealing with that crap, and they're just like, like seriously, what do you want me to do? Just like kill myself or something? Like, yeah, this is just this is excessive. (laughs) This is unnecessary, and and I agree. Um, but I think at that point I would probably just be like, all right, you know what? Like Brian Hoyer is not going to be my savior. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yes, I got Hoyer. Yeah. (laughs) Teddy Bridgewater. Hopefully a Tua misses some time too. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one, by the way. We didn't, we didn't put Teddy Bridgewater anywhere on here, even though you mentioned him, uh, last tuesday after after the episode had dropped yeah after we recorded i was thinking strong it was yeah only you had that shane before we hit the mic last week yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh tua did get injured in this game against buffalo uh got a concussion came back after the after halftime um, and finish the game, which was like it, if that's another one of those where it just feels like this concussion protocol is BS, like the rules are different for the stars, you know? Yeah. And uh, because, I mean, he was it, like he was stumbling around. He was punch drunk yeah. after that hit. It was like there's no way he's coming back. Right. So I, I, I don't know. I have a hard time believing that he's completely cleared the concussion protocol considering they they evaluated him for about 15 minutes so teddy bridgewater might be a good stash as well um but again if if you know that's like if you have a qbx roster that's actually like in need of a quarterback right now you've got bigger problems than you know then how much do i spend on teddy bridgewater or brian hoyer yeah so but again, if you have those players, don't be afraid to trade them away. But mm-hmm. also, like, don't be afraid to not ask for too much and just get the deal done and move on for them. Because again, we're talking about guys that are maybe on waivers right now, so right. they're not worth much in like pick value or whatnot. So don't go in thinking like you're gonna get a lot for Brian Hoyer or Jamal Williams. They are what they are, you know. Like if you trade them make some roster space maybe you're tanking like john mentioned you get an extra third for some of these players they're not worth much yep exactly um and then we've got one wide receiver zay jones for jacksonville uh ended up being the most heavily targeted of the wide receivers for jacksonville which has a surprising offense by the way surprisingly good um and pull off the upset of the Chargers with Justin Herbert playing, by the way. Still beat them. Um, that that team is a storyteller right now. <laughs> like they're they're writing a, a fairy tale book, you know. Uh and then uh two tight ends. We've got Tyler Conklin, we've got Jelani Woods. So Tyler Conklin is just getting massive amounts of volume for the New York Giants or New York Jets. I'm sorry. Part of the problem is that's with Joe Flacco. Zach Wilson comes back in week four. Who kn- We don't know for sure how this is going to look, but 
you know, that's still a, a very big, very safe target for Zach Wilson. And then Jelani Woods, three targets, two catches, and uh, both of them go for touchdowns. Like, that screams fade, but in this case, uh, I didn't put him on the fades section where we normally would put, a, you know, an outlier type of game like that. I put him as an ad, somebody that who I'm still going to pursue on waivers just because, I mean, maybe this is this becomes a little bit of an eye-opener for the Indianapolis Colts who keep throwing out their, you know, Mo Alley-Cox and Kylan Granson. Maybe they finally say, all right, like this is the big body guy, you know, the big target, especially in the red zone that Matt Ryan needs. Yeah. You know, uh, and I mean, big athletic dude. Like, and even this if he's is, just getting a touchdown a week, you know, yeah. or you know what I mean? Like two touchdowns is a lot, but even if he just gets a touchdown, red zone looks, man. Yeah. That probably makes him a top 12 tight ends most weeks. Yeah. Tight end most weeks. So, yeah. But yeah. Conklin, I think he's going to keep getting those targets. I do too. I kind of do too. Yeah. So let's prioritize these guys real quick. So it sounds like Herbert. Herbert is easily number one. Are we still putting Jamal Williams number two, even though we said that we're not going to be super aggressive about getting him? You know what? I'm putting Tyler Conklin number two. Okay. All right. But I could make a case for either of them. They're very close to me, but we've had Conklin on this show sheet, I think in some fashion, almost every week. And he just keeps doing it. I think he's a top, top, top five tight end for fantasy right now. Um, yeah, I think this is for real when they got him. I think they got Tyler Conklin to be their pass catching tight end. That's why we're seeing this. And I think Tyler Conklin is breaking out. I, I'm putting him number two by a smidgen. Okay. All right. So let's see, Jelani Woods, Zay Jones, Samaje P. Ryan. How do you order those guys? Jelani Woods, Zay Jones. Um, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> I think I'm probably if and, uh, if I and, heard this on a podcast, I would think that this is trash. But I think we need to be realistic <laughs> about this. I think that all of these players are sort of like trash. Yeah, <laughs> and I want to think of my flex spot on bye weeks, and I think the safest one throughout the rest of the season, because I don't need these players right now unless I encountered injuries. The safest one throughout the season is Zay Jones in my flex spot, and that's the that's where I'm going to go next. Okay, and then so and then we've still got P Ryan and Woods left. Are you putting anything on those guys? Mm, not too much, to be honest with you. Like I'm, I'm kind of with you on a couple of these guys. Like, I wonder how much they get if they like mix and misses time. Like, does somebody else help a little bit? I'll take P Ryan over Jelani Woods. Okay, if that if that helps though, especially if you have mixing right. Like, yeah, that becomes a little bit higher priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. But, but like Conklin, I think is for real. I kind of do too. I'm really curious to see how that offense looks with uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah. Um, do you want to run through some drops and then some fades for us? And Drop then, it uh, like it's hot. 
Yeah, because <laughs> we just want to run through that because yeah, absolutely, dude. I can, um, and I think like uh, John did a lot of the work here on the drops, but I think we both agree on him. He's got Austin Pooper down. <laughs> just, just get rid of him, man. It's it's probably not happening. And we we're it's listing better tight, tight ends. End. Like if you would have listened yeah. to us early on and dropped people like Hooper that just weren't performing for Conklin, you you might have another win right now. Kenyon Drake. I thought Kenyon Drake was going to be decent in the Baltimore offense. I picked him up in a couple leagues, but like you said, man, healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones, just drop him. I actually mentioned Julio on Free For All Friday last week, too, before they even had him out for the week, just because this is the way it's going to be. You're going to get some games with Julio. He's got a great quarterback when he is playing, but you're going to get a lot of these in and out games. This is what Julio was last year. This is what he's been the last couple of years. Um, I love Julio Jones, who he's been for us, but he's he's not that dude. He's what thirty four, John, thirty five, like yeah. and just fifty. Call, he could be yeah. fifty. He's fifty Jones. <laughs> yeah, he's holy ho, holy ho old. <laughs> and then McCole Hardman. We we mentioned Julio, him a little crap, bit. That guy's old. Yeah, like Hardman and Julio are like the same age. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does feel like I've been I've been avoiding and talking crap about Miko Hardman for as long as Julio Jones has been in the league. Yeah, <laughs> and and he's one of those players. I think everybody's just waiting for that breakout game because they want to sell him because everybody kind of knows. But yeah. but listen to that part. Everybody, everybody kind of knows. Nobody wants him after that big game. You're not going to start him. Cut ties and move on to points in your lineup. Right now, it's still early enough to where you just cut ties or sell them cheap to somebody that's trying harder than you. Yep. Kind of we talked about the sabotage drop. You kind of yeah. do that with Hardman a little bit too. Yeah, exactly. Make somebody drop someone who's actually usable, someone who's actually predictable. Yep. And make them spend some fab on somebody who's uh, honestly just a black hole on any roster he's on. Yeah, and that's kind of how I felt about like Brian Hoyer as far as an ad is he's just kind of like the sabotage ad. Like I want somebody else to add him. Just Yeah. I dare you to play him against my quarterbacks. Right. Fades <laughs> Fading Mac Collins. This was a good one too because there there was there were signs that you could start Mac Collins this weekend. Yeah, but we didn't take him. And yeah, it's because he's Mac Collins, <laughs> right? <laughs> like so, just just fade that eight on nine targets, hundred and fifty eight yards. Like that's not happening again. Yeah, Devonte Parker. I like Devonte Parker probably the most on the fades list, but, but I agree with you, especially if he's going to have a change in quarterback. And then this is with their starting wide receiver. Their number one, I think it's fair to say Jacoby Myers out. Parker has this huge week. Yep. And then uh, for me, I'm, I'm fading as Sam McKenzie. He was, he had nine targets, 33% more than he had the first two weeks combined goes for 76 yards, a touchdown. I think Isaiah McKenzie's just fine for the NFL and just fine for Buffalo. But I think this is what you're going to kind of see some weeks where he's utilized a little bit more and then 
weeks where he only has three targets and you hardly see him on your fantasy stat sheets. I think Isaiah McKenzie is somebody I'm fine fading or trying to move to another team. Yeah. The other thing they've been kind of doing, Buffalo's been kind of doing is putting Stefan Diggs on a little bit of a, of a snap count, trying to, to limit his usage a little bit. And I mean, what that ends up meaning for the rest of the offense is you see some Crowder, uh, you see some McKenzie, you know, there's just kind of a bunch of different guys who, uh, who, get in there from time to time for him. And it just happened to be McKenzie who really took advantage of it this time with a touchdown. I think it was a shovel pass too, which uh, like that's a whole other rant. But to me, shovel pass touchdown should not count as a passing touchdown. Like I'm glad (laughs) that they do, but isn't that such bullshit? Like that's, that was a, that's basically a handoff, man. Come on. It is basically a handoff. (laughs) But he gets the catch. He gets the touchdown. Josh Allen gets the touchdown. Such crap. Yeah. Um, and I'm fine with it. On you know, in the leagues where I have Josh Allen, I'm happy to get that touchdown pass. But when I'm playing against him, I'm like, no, that's stupid. <laughs> <Just fix it. laughs> that's a handoff. That's a handoff. <laughs> Let's stay in the negative and talk about some sells real quick before we get to buys and holds. Um, and actually, I'm a, I think I'm going to let you go at this. Most of these, I've got one that I want to ask you about, but the rest of these are all yours. Um, I know I added. Uh, I've got Kyle Pitts and Najee Harris on here. Um, I mean, the, the, Kyle Pitts, the, the the you finally get you know, a reasonable amount of usage, <laughs> a reasonable amount of uh, targets and catches. So, you know, now's kind of the time to sell him and plan on him going back to the uh, the run or the, yeah, the run blocking role primarily. And then Najee Harris is just giving up more and more work to Jalen Warren. So um, those are the two guys that I added on there, but I'm going to let you talk about year three. Yeah, uh, the Najee Harris one's, tough too like i mentioned harris like when you put him on the sheet and how that offer i sent out and i tried to send harris and lazard to get Brees hall and it doesn't look like it's going to be accepted so man might be too late but i already talked about herbert a little bit quillil herbert so don't really need to talk about him i do have him as a cell and mentioned it derrick henry finally goes off has a great week John and I mentioned beginning of the show, though, like, what's this team really going to look like? Are they just running it through Derrick Henry now because Tannehill sucks? Like, are they looking for their quarterback? <laughs> We've had two soft weeks from Derrick Henry. I, I think we all know who Derrick Henry is. He's an amazing running back. But we've kind of been looking for this out if you still have him. I think you take advantage of it and sell him, um, especially if you feel like your team's a little bit out of contention just through the first few weeks, which I, I actually don't think your team is out of contention for the first few few weeks, unless you want it to be, or you knew it was coming into the season. I don't think it's over. I think you can come back from that. I think Henry's a sell on that usage though. And I think McCaffrey is definitely a sell. 
he had, I think, 25 touches, something like that, 100 yards. I, I don't really know off the top of my head. I forget. But it was actually a pretty decent opportunity share. McCaffrey did pretty well with it. But people still weren't happy with it. They want, like, RB, like, one overall from McCaffrey all day long. You need to get out of McCaffrey at at these signs of these big games because you won't be able to if you don't want to you're just going to retire him on your team which is totally fine too i don't hate that at all i I don't hate like but man it it sucks when like for me the big one was um having like todd Gurley on almost all of my teams i learned a big lesson from that and pretty much had to retire him young on all of those teams obviously so man, you don't want to you don't want to do that. It, it hurts. Yeah. And you come back from it. It's not going to put your league in a bad place. It's not going to put your team in. It's one player. Let's be honest. But if you you have to get out of these players before stocks completely crash, and that's what's going to happen to Henry and McCaffrey pretty quick. That's always a process at running back. It should be. It should be. Find the guys with the with running back no uh, running back one overall upside. And then when they do it, get rid of them, (laughs) (laughs) sell them high. But also, yeah, I mean, just get out before it's too, like, it's better to get out too early than too late. And we talk about that all the time. So yeah, now's the time. So uh, I have to ask you about James Robinson. (laughs) We've got him on both lists and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it because we do talk about him every week. Um, and, and this isn't meant to be a slight of James Robinson, what he's doing right now, another hundred yard game, another touchdown. Like he's just taking over that backfield more and more each week. And what he's doing has been his, it's, it's amazing. It's nothing short of miraculous, but at what point do we stop and say, all right, like there's nowhere else to go. For him to go but but down you know back down to earth at what point do we you know apply the same type of logic to him that we do any other running back and say all right now's the time so to me james robinson is somebody to at least consider selling right now i don't think he's a must sell like the other guys uh that we kind of mentioned here but um i mean i don't think Kyle Pitts is a must sell. I don't in, you know, in dynasty, I don't know that Najee Harris is a must sell, but like Henry and McCaffrey, were kind of getting to that point where it's like, all right, you're in the window now, you know, like now's the time to get max value for him. And I just wonder how close we are to that with James Robinson. I don't think that we're in that window necessarily, but I think that he's, he could get you a pretty big return right now. Yeah, I, I wonder what that return is, to be honest with you, because I feel like, I mean, I listened to even like your verbiage when you're explaining James Robinson and we're going into this conversation here. And like you say things like he's starting to take over that backfield. You're mm-hmm. you're talking about the backfield that he's owned now going into his third season. He's taking over his own backfield that he already owns. Like, so when you're saying that i'm thinking like well when are we going to start like realizing it's always been his backfield 
and then you say like when are we going to regress to what he was what was he he was an rb1 his rookie season like what are we waiting for james robinson (laughs) to be i guess is is what i'm saying so i feel like i can't get like a lot of players like i i can go into it and i can say like sell him now you you'll be fine and you can get out even if he does well james robinson i feel like is the exact opposite i do not feel like i can replace his production with the value that people want to give him i'm all about buying james robinson what would you sell him for um like does a 2023 first do it for you yeah i'd probably sell him for a 2023 first i'd i'd probably okay. sell a few like players player for equipment. first, you know, but I'm not selling him for a second. And who's going to give me a first? Right. People don't like, you know what I mean? Like if we're being honest, who's going to give me a first, I'd probably hit except for a first. Okay. Um, so it's probably, wise, I mean, I, I'll, uh, I'm trying to think here. Cause I mean, even you mentioned like McCaffrey, you mentioned like, we got to get out of McCaffrey. I couldn't, I couldn't get James Robinson. Like I, I can't give you James Robinson for McCaffrey, even though McCaffrey's older and doing worse in an offense that's worse. Yeah. And you're not going to give me McCaffrey for my James Robinson, even though James Robinson's going into his third season outperforming McCaffrey. Yeah. And I know like, Oh, that's because of injury. And it is because of injury, but he's going into his, Third season outperforming McCaffrey. He's made Travis <laughs> ETN like not, something you, you guys don't even want to talk about anymore. <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? He was the buzz of the whole offseason. And now you guys are just like, you know what? I better not say shit because we were all wrong about that. Like, that's who James <laughs> Robinson is. You know, he silenced you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm buying, man. I'm buying. But it's tough to to know like what to have to spend, but Man, I think that if I had Travis Etienne, I'd give you him straight up for James Robinson. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm trying easily. to think of like what I would pay in like players because sometimes picks is tough. But yeah, I mean, I know you would do it for Austin Eckler. Oh yeah. Um, and and I'll tell to... you, you know, like that the should be on the cells too is. Austin Eckler, any aging running back on an underperforming fantasy team, you should absolutely be looking at those injured player running backs right now and trying to sell those players. Like, and this is no shade towards Eckler, McCaffrey, Henry at all. It's just what's proper to do. If you're underperforming, like you need to move those age guys and use the emotions of the play, the, good teams that just lost players like because they're feeling it they're going to be scrambling and those that's your market that's where you want to go to trade players yeah i like that um yeah so i i think it is fair to say that james robinson belongs more on this next list like i felt like it warrants a conversation and i still feel like you know if you've got james robinson it's probably worth it to float some offers just to see but like, do it on your terms. Like, this isn't a must sell. This is just. Or, or, is there anybody out there who views this as sustainable? 
for the entire season and views James Robinson as a league winner, you know, and they're willing to pay that type of price. I think that you, I, I think that you look for that. Yeah. But it's a very soft ask because you have all the leverage here. There's no reason to, to believe that this is actually going to stop other than just kind of, you know, just very rudimentary like probabilities, you know. It's just people hoping it stops. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean I uh, I I do think that he's hoping but yeah. Or I mean I yeah, it's it's more of just kind of like uh in underestimating the player, you know. Like that still is happening. Yeah. And 90, 92% of fantasy Twitter want to be right about Travis Etienne. Right. And James Robinson for that matter. I mean, you know, there was sure. the whole there was the whole thing about um coming back from Achilles injuries, you know? You're not supposed to be able to do that this easily. So yep. there's there's a lot there too. So the only the, other person I can really think of that comes to mind that was heavy in on James Robinson is Rocky from yeah. Trade Addicts. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, I think he's got quite a bit of exposure too. So, but yeah, I mean, I think that the, the kind of the bottom line is, so at some point, James Robinson is going to get shut down, you know, by a good defense or a negative game script, whatever it is, he's going to have that down game and that, and everybody's going to bail. They're going to be so excited that they can be like, see, I told you. Yeah. And, He'll and be that's like RB7 where... on the season at the time, but because of that one bad game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's that's, that's my whole point. It's just that, yeah, like it, it, just because of that, even though it's stupid, even though it's illogical, that is going to be where your sell window closes. And so, you know, you, you consider selling while, you know, before that's happened. Like, see see if you can get full value for him right now because at some point I, and it could happen any week and it's going to knock him all the way back down in terms of just like consensus value you know it's it like i said it's not it, it it's not good process it's just what people do yeah <laughs> um all right some I, buys I think and, you should rip through the buys and holds and I'll be an old man about this super quick. Yeah, and and we've got a pretty long list of it just because there's been a lot of noise on Twitter about, you know, week three is kind of the perfect time to buy. And I, you know, I somewhat agree with this because we've got a lot of information on a lot of, uh, on most of these players, yet we're not applying it to all of them. And I think James Robinson is a very good example of this. We've seen evidence that James Robinson is going to be the lead back in this offense, at least for this season, possibly beyond. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's really pretty simple. Like we, we've seen this happen. Let's just, let's trust it. You know what I mean? So, so I think that there, this, this is kind of a good opportunity to really go out and try and buy some players who can, you know, help a contender, um, or, you know, 
give you something to build around in a rebuild. There are a lot of players who are undervalued, even though we have the information that says they should be worth more and they're going to perform better. So uh, James Robinson, um, and he mostly just makes it on swags because of uh, I put him on a sales list. You wanted him on the buys list just to kind of counteract that. So, so he's on there too, but pretty much every member of the Miami dolphins, this was a negative game script against a very good Buffalo defense that they're not going to face very often. Uh, it's, it's going to be very rare that you see such, I mean, it was, it was, there really weren't very many passes. I think Tua a attempted 39 passes, something like that, which is going to be extremely low going forward. So Tua himself, both running backs, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, you know, the both of the top two wide receivers, Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddle. Man, you could even get Cedric Wilson super cheap. Like, there's, there's just that whole offense. I just want pieces of it. Uh, Brees Hall is taking over that backfield for the Jets. Finally, he's he outsnapped and outcarried Michael Carter for the first time, and he looked better too. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, so first of all, Damian Harris dealing with injuries. We're getting close to that point where Ramondre Stevenson is just about all they have left that's healthy. <laughs> but he also, they had, they were really kind of switching off between him and Damian Harris until they got to the two minute drill, and they had Ramondre Stevenson back on the field for the two minute drill, even though it was supposed to be Damian Harris's turn. They still have Ramondre Stevenson out there because they trust him more in those clutch situations. They trust him more, you know, when they're running no huddle uh, and they want him on the field when they get down around the goal line without the opportunity to switch him out. So uh, he, he seems to be the lead back for new England. If you kind of read the tea leaves there, uh, Kenneth Walker, uh, who is still very slowly working his way in in Seattle, but Travis Homer gets injured. Rashad Penny just is not good. He never has been. He never will be. That has been a very consistent mantra on this show, and uh, it's just a matter of time before a fully healthy Kenneth Walker takes over in Seattle. Uh and then a wide receiver, we've got DJ Moore. And actually, I kind of put a question mark on that that one. I am going to come back to that in a second and ask you about that, Swags. Uh, I also have we also have CD Lamb as a buy. Um, and again, we're we're doing this before the Monday night game, uh, so no idea. Maybe CD Lamb gets hurt, and you can just ignore this. Maybe he goes off, and he's no longer a very good you know buy low type of candidate but i mean the the just based on what we know right now dak prescott coming back in the you know in the coming weeks there are better days ahead for cd lamb um and then a quarterback we have zach wilson coming back off an injury joe flacco has been joe flacco has been borderline elite through the first three weeks <laughs> of the season which is crazy to say because Joe Flacco is is not an elite talent, but he has an elite offensive offense around him. Just imagine what you're going to get 
when you've got a young, mobile, strong-armed quarterback throwing to this group of pass catchers. And then Brady. I, I, Speaking I mean, of young, we might as well go right to Brady. Yeah, yeah, let's go <laughs> opposite end of the spectrum here. <laughs> but and and Brady, it's probably less in Dynasty, although you can sure get him a lot cheaper in Dynasty. But uh, in it's more probably more for redraft. But I mean, this is as bad as it gets right now for Brady. But keep in mind, he was throwing to Brashad Perriman and Russell Gage and Cole Beasley. You know, we're not getting the full effect of this offense with, uh, you know, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Haven't really had that all season so far with both guys on the field and healthy. And with Godwin still working his way back from injury and with Evans, you know, serving the suspension, I mean, it was kind of worst case scenario for Brady. So, you know, buy the dip based on the fact that those weapons are coming back. All right. So DJ Moore, I want to ask you about DJ Moore, what you think there, because the theory is, I mean, he's getting, he's getting the targets. He's, you know, he's running the routes. He's on the field. Like he's, he, for the second year in a row leads the NFL right now in uncatchable targets. So, you know, on one hand, there is that indicator that those, you know, those those uncatchable targets, those start to land. You know, there's some volume for him, you know, once this kind of stabilizes. The problem is, is that going to happen when you're talking about Baker Mayfield? You know, it was, yeah. we've we've been there with Sam Darnold. We've been there with Cam Newton. Uh, we've been there with Teddy Bridgewater, and now we're there with Baker Mayfield. Is 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 the quarterback play going to hold him down, or should we kind of trust our eyes on this and trust the probabilities and you know the rules of physics, the means to regression? Yeah, I mean, so for me, I agree with you. He's a buy, first of all. Yeah. And, and another part of the problem, too, and another reason he is a buy is the touchdowns. And that's been DJ Moore's problem like his entire career. Even when he's getting the receptions and he's yep. getting the yards, you're like, wow, three touchdowns, four touchdowns, like on the season, you know? So that affects your fantasy points a lot. But I do think it comes together a little bit. And I don't think that the quarterback of the future is on the team. Hopefully they do better with this process at some point, but I would buy DJ more. I, I don't think that, I don't think that we're able to see the complete product because he, I think he is held back from the quarterback, but I don't think that'll be the case forever. I, I like yeah. DJ more, man. It's too bad. What about redraft? Is he a, is he still a buy for you, or is that primarily dynasty? Oh, redraft's tough, man. Yep. I don't know if I would buy him in redraft right now, just because there's still like players like Chris Olave. I could probably go get cheaper. I don't, yeah. you know what I mean. I don't know if I need to go buy him in redraft. That's probably true. And yeah. and then that what we're waiting for 
we know isn't going to happen this year. I mean, what's the best case? We get Sam Darnold back. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, I think what we're hoping for here is that Baker Mayfield kind of settles in and settles down and, uh, you know, the accuracy starts to improve a little bit because it's, it's been there in the past for him. It's, he's never been super accurate passer, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, he's got the competency at least, which I don't think we would have said about Sam Darnold at any point. So I guess it depends on the cost. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds fair. I wouldn't be surprised. And I, I hate to bring this player up again, but I wouldn't be surprised if you could like add just a little bit of something to somebody like Travis Etienne. And somebody's like, oh, you know, I kind of do need a running back. And, you know, it's probably going to happen at some point. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if you could trade to a running back needy team, if they even have DJ Moore. I mean, obviously all the scenarios have to be correct here to line this up. But I wouldn't be surprised if you could get DJ Moore for Travis Etienne plus like a, a wide receiver. Nice. All right, save them, saving the best for last. Next week, this week, our favorite favorite segment. So the idea here is pick these guys up now for free. Maybe even let them clear waivers first. Get them cheap or free, and then when they break out in the next, you know, next week or in the coming weeks, then uh, you don't have to spend a whole lot on them uh, on waivers because you already stashed them. So yep. and. I, most of the names that we talked about in uh, in the ad section, we've had on next week, this week, yeah, uh, at some point. So it was, it, you know, is it? It was. It would have saved you a ton of fab to stash those guys. So it's not too late. Stash these guys. You missed on Jamal Williams. You missed on Khalil Herbert, but stash these guys and uh, get ahead of the curve. Curve. So. We've got, uh, and, and honestly, not to interrupt, but I no. don't think there's anybody on this list you need to use waiver priority on. Like when he no. says next week, this week, don't get too excited and be like, huh, all the other guys on waivers are, are already rostered. Just wait on these guys because these are not the players people are looking at right now. Yeah, legitimately, none of these guys should cost you anything on waivers right now. So, running backs, Treston Ebner. We talked about Khalil Herbert, kind of the arbitrage, because it is going to cost quite a bit to go get Khalil Herbert. The arbitrage would be Treston Ebner. The idea here is Khalil Herbert already had a role really kind of carved out before the David Montgomery injury. So, you know, Montgomery misses time, his workload. Like, I mean, some of it's going to go to Herbert, but not all of it. The guy who's actually going to be more involved than he was previously is Treston Ebner. And now you've got the next guy up if Khalil Herbert were to get injured. Yep. So like this is this is kind of what running backs look like <laughs> as the season goes on. So we actually should have put Chris Evans on here too. We didn't, so I'm just gonna mention him real quick. Just to like keep this nice and tidy, because we talked about the backups for all the guys who got hurt. So now let's talk about the backups to the backups, right? So there's Ebner, there's Ty Chandler from Minnesota, there's Craig Reynolds in Detroit, and there's Chris Evans in Cincinnati. And and like I said, I mean, these guys are all uh, 
these these guys are all in line to get actually a bigger increase in in their workload than the new you know the the next man up the the new starter if the rb1 is to miss any amount of time we also have hassan uh, Hassan haskins kind of for the same reason swags talked about derrick henry hassan haskins is the backup there and yeah you know, <laughs> looks kind of good week too he got a little bit of opportunity at the end of the game and he looked he did pretty well with it yeah yeah not a not a whole lot of involvement in week three no nope. um it ended up being a, a heavy passing game Dontrell hilliard gets the most work um obvious uh, you know beyond henry of course and henry you know staying healthy throughout the game was a big part of it as well and running effectively yep if, so. if henry goes down though haskins i think fits the bill to be that handcuff yep and uh let's see you gave us one more running back on here i'm gonna let you talk about him gus the bus yes edwards he's on the pup now but he'll be coming off and he's just not the player that we're talking about much we're talking about dobbins but we've seen Gus Edwards in this offense when when healthy give us seven to eight hundred on the ground. I think that he'll step right in to the role that he's had in the past, and he's he's not an RB one, but he can be viable at times. And we've talked about the Ravens' backfield and how they're just they're looking for something, and it's just not firing. So I think Gus yeah. Edwards is a nice ad right now before people are talking to him talking about him talking to him i'm definitely not talking to him <laughs> we should have still had justice hill as an ad i think um, yeah very small amount of fab for him but i mean at the end of the day right now he's the lead back for baltimore you know what does that yeah. necessarily mean i i don't know that i can tell you and i i do think that it has a lot to do with the fact that right now they're working Dobbins back in. And like you said, Edwards is not back yet, but when he is, you know, I, I think that ultimately the plan would be a two back committee between those two. And you might see justice Hill on the field as a, you know, the pass catching specialist and make a little bit of a mess of this. But I think that ultimately the two guys that are, you know who are who are going to actually have that weekly floor of any kind it's going to be Dobbins and Edwards yeah um wide receivers so we we had Cole Beasley just seemed like there was some chemistry already with Tom Brady uh after a few days in in Tampa Bay um I don't know. Like I it never been a guy that I trusted no matter what team he was on. Uh, but I mean, one thing we talked about off air, I, Brady loves those tiny white slot receivers, man. So he does. And you mentioned that Brady <laughs> said that he felt like he'd been playing with him for 15 years or something yeah. like that. And man, I don't know. That's to me, it's just, I'm going back to everything else you said about Brady and when he gets all his boys back on the field. And that's kind of how I feel about Cole Beasley. I think that he'll be an afterthought by the time like Mike Evans is out there and Godwin and 
it'll be tough to know when to start him. Nonetheless, if these guys continue to be beat up and banged up for free, and if Brady's not just talking out his ass and that's for real, I mean, <laughs> you might as well grab him, right? Yeah, yeah, might as well. Again, these guys are all free, so yeah. You can Go drop them it. if they don't work out. Like, that's the whole idea. Like, we're trying to find hits here. We believe in this process, but also part of the process is they're free. If it doesn't work out, you just drop them and, and you try again next week. Yep. Just trying to peek around corners. And if, yep. if we didn't get it right, yeah, just move on to the next one. So uh, David Bell is a guy that you could move on to, in fact. Um, obvious, very obviously the number three in Cleveland. Donovan Peoples-Jones ends up getting the most snaps at wide receiver and the most uh, routes run, and that's been the case all three weeks. So far, Interesting. Amari, I did it, not know that. Even yeah, to Cooper. Yeah, and I mean, it It, it very easily could ha- just have something to do with Cooper's age, Cooper's, mm-hmm. you know, usage, stuff like that. They might be just trying to kind of limit him a little bit. He still ended up being, you know, him and Njoku were the, the main targets. Um, but yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones is on the field the most. Uh, but hmm. I mean, the guy who's kind of spelling Cooper, uh, the guy who's kind of working his way in, uh, you know, in three wide, three wide sets is David Bell. And I think that an injury to either one of those guys probably elevates David Bell. I think that, you know, eventually you get Deshaun Watson at quarterback. I think that elevates yep. David Bell. Uh, you're not always going to get the, you know, the, the, the game script and just the overall usage of David Njoku, you're not going to get that every week. And I think beneficiary David Bell, that's again, we're at least worth a stash. Donovan people Jones isn't like the perfect picture of health either all the time. So true. Very true. Not like we're rooting for that kind of stuff. But like you said, if one goes down, man, David Bell. Yep. Good prospect. Yeah probably become startable um and then i've got so i've got an asterisk on both of these new orleans <laughs> wide receivers I because like it's tough so, <laughs> so we got traquan smith who uh uh caught his first it was his first <laughs> pass <laughs> he might have caught his first pass in like a year um yeah something like that That should tell you a lot (laughs) (laughs) and then marquez calloway so he was jealous that he caught that (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah he caught a touchdown pass that was not intended for him like he intercepted it i think it was in it was intended for one of the tight ends i couldn't tell which i wish kenny galladay would do that (laughs) i know that's what he should do just run out on the field and just like jump in front of oh that's true he'd have to totally run out on the field he he couldn't just intercept it from his player he'd have to straight up like why are you putting your helmet on kenny <laughs> refs call him for 12 men on the field and they're like yeah but it was kenny galladay that shouldn't count <laughs> we should get a 12th if it's kenny freaking galladay <laughs> we should get an extra wide receiver anyways have you seen oh. our receivers 
and the quarterback throwing to him. <laughs> so, okay, we'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll allow it. Couldn't yeah, even lock but... down Cole Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right, so Landry, Jarvis Landry goes out of this game with an injury. Traquan Smith gets the the work in the slot, uh, a little bit involved. Marquez Callaway, so Michael Thomas goes out of this game with an injury, toe injury. Marquez Callaway uh, takes over for him and, like I said, stole a touchdown pass from somebody who is much more deserving. <laughs> it's really obnoxious. Uh, and... So now I, what I think that it's going to take for either one of these guys to be worth a stash, I mean, go ahead and add them right now with the shortest leash possible. With I think an asterisk. that yeah, big time asterisk, big fat asterisk. On both of these. It's like the studded leash. <laughs> yeah, studded with asterisks. <laughs> Yeah, because it's getting I, dirty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sometimes towards the end of these shows, we get a little, little uh, R-rated. Apparently, um, to me, I think that both Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas would have to miss a game for either Traquan Smith or Marquez Callaway to be usable. I mean, that's the only way that they're both on the field. But even if, like, let's just say that Jarvis Landry plays, Michael Thomas does not. Marquez Callaway gets the start, but is he really going to get targeted over Jarvis Landry? I mean, he had to intercept his own guy when (laughs) Landry wasn't on the field. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, it's, it's a very, there's like, there's a lot of moving parts. It's a very tenuous situation. But if both, Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas were to miss, I think that Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway both become startable as very low-end flex plays because one of them is going to get a lot of volume. And and ult- I mean, what's honestly going to happen is Chris Olave is going to go nuts. But like one of these guys could get in the end zone. One of these guys could pick up, you know, five catches for, you know, 78 yards. Like that's that's well within the range of outcomes for both guys if they're on the field. What he's saying is there's a reason there's an asterisk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it all could happen. <laughs> Big fat bouncy asterisk. Um, but, but again, like even kind of like poking fun at it, they're free, man. If some of these other guys are already taken that we mentioned, like, yep, honestly, like it's a good point, man. And like MT and Landry are couple older wide receivers so with yeah, injury I don't problems it. injury histories yeah yep yeah and then uh finally we have malik willis we're gonna start talking about some quarterbacks more and more each week as the season goes on as some of these guys who are ad- auditioning for long-term jobs start to see it slip away especially the guys who actually have you know somebody behind them who could push for that uh, for that type of work. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the first domino that's going to fall is probably going to be Ryan Tannehill. It has not been a very good Tennessee offense, especially when you don't have Derrick Henry on the field. They really have struggled. Uh, and 
you know, it just, it just starts to feel like they, you know, before the season gets away from them, I think they would move on from Ryan Tannehill. And certainly if they fall out of playoff contention. Yeah. That's what I was going to add too. In what should be a very winnable division. Yeah. You know, if, if it gets away from them, I think that they make that switch. Yeah. And not only that, and I, I say this all the time with some of the young new quarterbacks coming into the league, but, and I hate to be a broken record, but I do think there's a lot of truth in it, but they have to see what they have in the quarterback before they're into the next draft class, especially the 2023 yeah. class. But you, you have to see what you have in these quarterbacks before you get into the next off season. So they have to find playing time for guys like this if they have any belief in them at all. Yeah. So I and I still don't have a whole lot of faith in these rookie quarterbacks in dynasty. Mm-hmm. Like I, I agree with you. Like to your point, I think that Malik Willis gets an audition this year. I just don't know. You know, if they got if they ended up with an earlier pick in twenty twenty three, I don't know what Malik Willis could possibly do to convince them to pass up. You know, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Yeah, you know, or one but of the. You know that you, you. I mean, you know that in Dynasty, you know you can still trade Malik Willis. Like, there's going to be enough hype off a start from Malik Willis, so that's when you just yep. like boom, yeah. Don't even worry about it because I think you're right. But there'll be enough buzz with Malik Willis that you can get out pretty swell. Yeah, yeah. Just do it before the off season, I think. But yeah, um. But yeah, in redraft leagues, this is a good stash in a super flex league because it seems like the first quarterback to lose his job seems to be Ryan Tannehill, which I mean, there are a lot of guys I would have put money on (laughs) before Ryan Tannehill. I would have thought Geno Smith would have been in trouble. I would have thought that uh, I would have thought that. I maybe Baker Mayfield. I don't know that Sam Darnold is much of a threat. I I would have thought that Daniel Jones, yeah, would have been in some trouble, and it doesn't seem to be the case just yet. So we're I I think that we're gonna get to those guys. I think that we're gonna talk about Drew Locke. I think we're gonna talk about Terod Taylor. I think we're gonna talk about Desmond Ritter. I know we're gonna talk more about Sam Howell, but at the moment, I think that Malik Willis is the most likely to get a starting role within the next, you know, handful of weeks. Yeah. Yep. Nice. What did we miss? Man, we went over a lot of names. <laughs> well, I don't think we missed anything, man. Like we, we crushed it out. There's nice. only one thing left to do, John. Yeah. Let's and that tell is them who we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could do that. What were you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to tell him to go do it. <laughs> we told oh, yeah. you what to do. Now do it. <laughs> go do it. <laughs> just just go execute. Uh, but we'll get to that in a second. I'm as Superflex, dude. He's at Swagzilla 0G. And, yeah, that's that's been your SOPs for week four of the NFL season, week four of the fantasy season, and all that's left for you to do is go and execute.